Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Most organizations, their brand and their experience are very different. If you've intellectually done all this work, and it's good work, but you're not delivering it, why is that? Well, it's just because it's not important. It's not important enough. The more useful way to think about a brand, from my perspective, in my opinion, is that a brand exists as a network of memories in the mind of your consumer. So Colin, I teach marketing. I'm a marketing professor. And so I spend a lot of time talking about the basics of marketing to people. And as you and I were talking about what to plan for a podcast today, we settled on this topic of branding and the intersection of brand and customer experience and how they interact. Good topic. Yeah. And branding is one of the things that I am always excited to teach about and to talk to people about, in part because it's obviously such a ubiquitous topic. Brands are everywhere. Everybody feels like they understand what brands are. And yet, when we get down to this fundamental question of what is a brand, what does that mean? There's a surprising amount of variation in opinion. People don't necessarily agree. A lot of people who even who work in branding haven't even thought about it. Like, what is a brand? What does it do? So I thought we'd start off by what I call scientific branding. So branding from a scientific perspective. And then we can talk about how it intersects with managing a customer experience. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. But let me just start off by saying that this is one of the topics that I think is critical topic in customer experience because in my view, or one of the most common questions I get is, is branding and customer experience in competition with each other? Which one comes first? What's the most important one? And our answer to that is always branding makes the promise in the marketplace. Customer experience delivers against that promise. Mm. So branding is like the umbrella and the customer experience is the delivery of that. As we chat, I'll throw in some examples. So when people come to you and claim and ask if they're in competition or claim they're in competition, do they typically view that from the perspective of resources within a firm? Like, are we going to fund brand initiatives this quarter? Are we going to fund customer experience? Or do they mean something different? It's more about what's the direction of the company is going. So... Is the company trying to follow a strategy that is brand focused or is the company meant to be following a strategy that is customer experience focused? Now, either of those, I think, is the wrong question, to be mm. honest with you. So for me, a brand makes that promise in the market and you're meant to, you want people to deliver against it. In the early days of customer experience, People called it a branded customer experience or a branded experience. Oh, that's interesting. And if I was doing a podcast, we couldn't have a podcast without me mentioning Apple. <laughs> but when I go into an Apple store, I feel that's on brand. Yeah. The way that they dress, the way that they act. You don't have the tills at the front of the store and 
all those things, it feels on brand. If I give you another example, I always remember this in England, and this is typical. You have advertising that ostensibly is sort of brand building. And there was a company in the UK, an insurance company, the slogan was, quote me happy. Okay. So you basically, you phoned up this insurance company and they had images of these people that were ecstatically happy and rolling about the floor, laughing their heads off because they were so pleased with the quote that they received. Okay. Let me guess where this story is going. They couldn't deliver on that. Correct. Yeah. It's the last thing they were happy about. I don't mean to brag on, but I'm kind of a professional. (laughs) You're a professor, mate. What more can I say? Yeah, whose idea was that, that we're going to promise people they're going to be deliriously happy about buying insurance? Yeah, I know. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And just another quick one, just to sort of illustrate the issue. I was chatting to a mobile phone company, and we were talking about their brand values. And they said their brand values, one of them was red. Okay. R-E-D. And I went, well, what does that mean? Communist? Well, <laughs> it could be. And I said to them, I said, well, okay, I'm in a call center and I'm talking to an angry customer. What does that mean? Does that mean I need to go red with anger? In other words, what's the practical application of that? And what does it mean to somebody trying to deliver or live the brand, as the phrase goes? Right. And the reality is it doesn't. It's like being and brand value of being inspirational. Well, that's a great phrase, but if I'm in a store, then what am I meant to be doing that's inspirational in my experience? So I think the the challenge for me is branding is like an ethereal something up there in the clouds, if you like. I know we'll talk about that, but this goes back to our company name of Beyond Philosophy, which is, okay, that's great. You've got that philosophy and that thought, but how in the bloody hell are you going to do it when Bert Scroggins meets or phones into the call center to complain about something? How does that live, literally live in that interaction? And that's where the customer experience comes in. Does that make sense? Most of it did, but I'm not willing to let this example go yet. What does red mean? How could that, what is red? I can't remember, but it was, I can't remember. Okay. Well, I think that tells us what we needed to know about that. But if you're in marketing... I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, you were- Colin. What is red? <laughs> <laughs> like everything is code red, everything's important. Is that just the color of their logo? And so they were being cute? It was, and this is where I sometimes worry that people in strategic marketing roles sometimes are too, too, what's the word I'm looking cute, for? Cute, flippant creative um i wouldn't say flippant they don't give enough consideration to the practical implications and the practical things of well what does it mean that we do it's intellectual and intellectually i can have a great discussion with them about it but again i go back to it somebody in a call center you got somebody in a store what do you want them to do as a result of that because it's the doing where the customer experience actually exists, not the highfalutin theory that goes back here. You need that. You need some of that, but you also need to have one foot in reality. I hope I'm not being disparaging to those marketing people, but I think that it's got to have a foot in reality. I think you're being disparaging towards colors is the way that I came away from that. 
All right, so let's talk about just what a brand is then. And like I said, there's differences of opinion. From my perspective, what I argue is there's two ways of thinking about a brand. There's the corporate perspective and then there's the company perspective. From the corporate perspective, a brand is a series of decisions that we make, symbolic decisions. So there's the logo, there's the name, there's the color, there's the character, if you have a character associated with your brand. And these decisions are important, right? You want to be consistent on all of that. But too many firms treat that as the brand, and it's not. That's just the beginning of a negotiation that you have with your customer. The more useful way to think about a brand from my perspective, in my opinion, is that a brand exists as a network of memories in the mind of your consumer. So if I think about a brand, if I think about Nike, when that node in memory activates, then alongside of it come all of these other experiences and emotions and feelings all tied to that brand. Right. So if I think about Nike, I'll think about the Nike swoosh. I'll also think about pairs of Nike shoes that I have owned in my life and worn. I may think about athletes associated with Nike. I may think about teams, yep. even abstract concepts like sportiness or endurance. And values, isn't it, as well? Potentially, if that's what's in your customer's memory. What I like about that approach is this tells us what we should do in managing a brand. Managing a brand is really managing customers' memories. So ideas that you want associated with your brand, you have to form memories in the minds of your consumers. And the way you do that is to be consistent and to be repetitive. The reason that we associate Volvo, for example, with safety is because for decades, Volvo just hammered on that message over and over and over again. And so we now tightly associate in our memories the concept of safety with the brand of Volvo. What's interesting with that example is if you look at the safety ratings now, Volvo is no safer than any other car in the market. All the sure. other cars have caught up. And yet, if you ask someone my age or older to name a safe car, they'll say Volvo every time. Yeah. If you ask somebody younger, it's interesting, a lot of them will say Mercedes or Subaru because Volvo hasn't been as good at reinforcing that message more recently. But that is what a brand is, in my opinion. It's managing customers' memories. Yeah, and for me, the biggest insight that I've had over the last few years has been the recognition that memory is the key factor, actually. Yeah. Because if you didn't have a memory of any experience, then by definition, you can't be loyal to something. Loyalty means that you're going to go back to something. You're going to use something again. And even by using the word again implies that you're doing something again based upon your previous experience and therefore that implies a memory and therefore memories actually become really 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 important in thinking about why not let colin and ryan speak at your next conference as you can hear they're great communicators and can get over a message in a simple inspiring and humorous way Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. When we talk about where customer experience interacts with branding, I would say that experiences are very profound memory makers. Yes. We can see an ad or we can read about some press release 
But what we tend to remember more clearly and more deeply than a lot of other things are experiences that we've had with something. And so when you've got something like a list of brand values, your earlier point, how does that translate? Your brand values mean nothing to your customer. What your customer is going to remember, what's going to be built into that networked memory structure in their brain is the stuff that they experienced, the feelings that they had, their expectations based on what they've learned, specific thoughts and actions that they took regarding your brand. And so that's what you should be managing as a brand manager, as a customer experience manager. What are people going to remember? Because that is your brand in the mind of that customer. Yeah, and I totally agree. And the issue for me is that most organizations, their brand and their experience are very different. Yeah. So you have marketing that sit over one side of the organization, come up with these wonderful adverts and all the rest of it, but then that doesn't actually appear in their experience. We've talked about on the podcast, if you haven't heard of this before, but Professor Daniel Kahneman talked about the peak end rule, which is how memories are formed. And what Kahneman talks about is the fact that what people remember in an experience is they remember the peak emotion that they felt, and that could be positive or negative, and they remember the end emotion that they felt. So those things form a memory. And to your point, Ryan, the issue is is that if your customer is having experiences day in, day out, or even week in, week out, month in, month out, whatever the frequency, what emotions are you evoking? And are those emotions the ones that you want to evoke and drive value and therefore align to the brand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if we're saying that emotions drive value and therefore the brand should be about emotions, then are those the right emotions? And can you prove that if you evoke those, they drive value and it shouldn't be red. (laughs) (laughs) Because no one knows no what, one that, knows is. what that means. <laughs> I think we can come up with examples, probably good and bad, of where experiences drive the brand's meaning. Nordstrom, for a very long time, had a reputation of just over and above exceptional customer service. I don't know whether that's still kind of the widespread reputation, but that was for a very long time. And that brand was formed through customer experience. They trained their employees to deliver on exceptional service and abstract words associated with their brand value may have been a part of that, but it wasn't all of it, right? They received extensive training. They would be rewarded and celebrated for delivering on great customer experience. And that then drove the brand. That was what made Nordstrom different than the other anchor stores in the mall is that customer experience is going to drive the brand. If you think about a brand like Comcast or a lot of cable and internet providers, the customer experiences are almost uniformly negative, And that is primarily what the brand is. That's what people remember when they think about that brand. Are you trying to tell me that if I went to the CEO or the CMO of Comcast or one of the cable companies, because they're all as bad as each other, and said that given your experience, I think your brand values are frustrating, annoying, and I feel you're trying to con me all the time. Do you think that they would say, oh, no, those aren't our brand values? No, they're not. Look on the wall here. We've got them written. (laughs) (laughs) We can give you a brochure. We had them printed at great expense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the issue is they did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they have had them printed. They have put a lot of effort into them. It's just it bears no comparison to what's actually being delivered. And this is that sort of classic disconnect. And I've been in to see a number of cable companies and I've had this conversation and intellectually you can't fault them. Yeah. Okay. Intellectually they get it. When it comes to the delivery of it, it's a completely different kettle of fish. And therefore you actually take a step back and you start to get into more cultural issues about well, if you intellectually understand, and it's not just cable companies, yeah, yeah. this is, and let me also say that this is, think of most experiences, and I would even say 50% of organizations, their, their brand values and what they deliver in their experiences are different. But you then start to go, well, if you've intellectually done all this work and it's good work, but you're not delivering it, why is that? Well, it's just because it's not important. Right. It's not important enough to do it. And they don't actually believe enough that doing it will give them more money. That's right. I.e. they're going to make more profit or more market share or whatever it may be, in my view. I don't want to get on a hobby horse here, though. <laughs> I thought that was the reason that we started a podcast is because nobody, would, <laughs> our wives were sick of hearing about our hobby horses. So we said, let's put it on the internet instead. This podcast is just an outlet for our frustration. <laughs> I was able to let go of my therapist because I got a podcast. Yeah, there's that old saw about I couldn't hear what you were saying because your actions were speaking too loudly, something like that, right? Uh, that it, sure. it doesn't matter what values you aspire to or that you espouse. The memory that is formed by your customer is not based on you know, what's written on the wall in your company headquarters, and it's not even based on what you say in your advertising. It's based on the lived experience that the customers have with your brand, how it performs, and the experience they have when buying and using it. And that's where you go back to when the concept of customer experience was kicked around. I still quite liked the phrase, the branded experience. Oh, me too. I love that. I wish that, that we talked about that more often, because I think yeah. that perfectly encapsulates everything that we're talking about. Yes. No, Absolutely. So famous question, and again, getting practical, what does this mean we should do? What does it mean that people should do? First clue, don't have red as a brand value. I, I, I will take this to my grave now, Colin. I just, what does that mean? Are you going to have a red casket? That would be quite nice. I may, it? if that would help. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, all right. So what can we do about this? If we think about a brand not as these kind of corporate level decisions about, you know, brands all the time will like want to refresh themselves by changing their logo. Fine, fine. But from a customer memory perspective, it is very rare for that to be wise. Your customer has all of these associations with your branding elements. And to the extent that you are successful in changing the branding elements, you may be destroying some links in memory that are actually very valuable to you as a company. So look at it from this customer memory perspective. What do we want people to remember about our brand? And brand management from that memory perspective 
is very, very unsexy. It's just being consistent and being narrowly focused around those few key elements that are the most important thing, and then just delivering on that in terms of messaging and experience over and over and over again. Managing memory is a slow, repetitive process, but that's what works. Yeah. Yeah. And from my perspective, the advice I would give people is I go back to what I said before, which is a brand creates the promise in the marketplace. The customer experience delivers against that promise. So there isn't a conflict. They should be in line with each other. Yeah. But the brand, you need to give some thought to, is this practical? Can we do something with this? Will this in the call center, in the store, in the way that you write your pieces, your letters or whatever it may be, how does it manifest itself? So a lot of intellectualization, rightly so, goes on about the brand. I don't think enough is considered about how do we actually implement that. And that's where, for me, the customer experience comes in, in the practical application of that. And I have to say that's where we help a lot of organizations in going, how do we turn that strategy into action? And what are the things that we then need to do to change in our experience for that to manifest itself in their experience in the journeys and all the rest of it? So, Sounds good. Okay. Well, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. It would really help us if you could go on and do a review of the podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. That would really help us. It gives us a warm fuzzy. If the reviews are good, if the reviews are bad, it lets us know what we need to do to improve, but it would really help. So just please spend a moment doing that for us and we'll be eternally grateful. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks very much. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.